I'd like us to together listen to the first two verses of Psalm 61 and the first two verses of Psalm 62. And we're going to think about these verses uh, a bit and meditate on them under the theme, Comfort from the Rock of Ages. This is God's holy and infallible Word. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And then Psalm 62. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Brandon, uh, Brandon and Corey just sang. Brandon's the oldest of Brent and Linda's children. He said to his siblings and mom in the hours after learning of Brent's passing away, something like this. this I'm sure it's not the exact words, but something like this. We're going to be leaning on the Psalms as we move forward. And that's because he knew the Psalms are filled with all of the emotions that God's people go through. Joy and praise and thanksgiving, but also sadness and lament, questions and wondering, and being upset about life's circumstances and expressing that to the Lord. And that's why we're in the Psalms together now for this message. In Psalm 61, the child of God who wrote it is crying out to God. His heart is growing faint. And you know what? That sounds like us in these last days. That sounds like where we're at right now. We recited question and answer one of the Heidelberg Catechism, which were some of the most meaningful words of faith to Brent, right? Those words from our catechism, and you know I'm sure that the word catechism is a fancy word to refer to a summary of the faith. Those words we read are based on some 20 plus passages from God's Word. And, you know, how to summarize the faith, how to summarize the Word of God. So many good words that we could use to summarize the Christian faith love, hope, joy, Jesus Christ. And yet, many of our forefathers and foremothers clung to this summary that we read that focuses on the word comfort. They were wise to do that. Comfort is an appropriate emphasis yet today. It's appropriate in a day and age when things seem very unstable in our world and in our nation even. It's appropriate uh, in a day and age where people are looking for stability. They're looking for calm. 
looking for comfort. It's very appropriate today as we say goodbye, as we grieve, as we mourn. Jesus once promised, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And there is indeed a way to find comfort in our mourning, in our discomfort. And, you know, frankly, maybe this morning you need to find comfort in, in maybe in your fear as, as maybe you contemplate your own death and how sudden and unexpected it could come for you or for, for one of your loved ones like it did for Brent. And maybe this morning you're thinking, what will happen when I die? How do you, do, how do you handle that? Do you just sort of cross your fingers and hope for the best that it all works out? Well, the reality is you can have a better approach than that. You can have comfort. Brent had a solid comfort in life, and it carried him through even his death. In both those Psalms we read, God is called a rock. Our God is spirit, and ultimately beyond us, beyond describing, but God yet in His Word graciously uses descriptive language to help us grasp him somehow, to help us somehow to know him. And one of those words he uses and he wants us to know him through is the word rock. And I believe that description of our God can bring us comfort today. We have a comfort from the rock of ages in a number of ways First, because we find that our comfort rests in standing on the rock. Our comfort today and always rests in standing on the rock. Our comfort doesn't rest in our health. Brent was in good health. Our comfort can't rest in our portfolio or money. As important as finances are to a family, to a church, to a company, as Brent well knew, we can't take, though, anything with us when we die. Our comfort doesn't even rest in our friends and family. As amazing as all of you are, and I know something about a lot of you, I know something about this family But as amazing and high caliber and loving and caring as you are, you know what? No one could help Brent pass the threshold from death to life into eternity. That's a trip you make alone. And that's true for each one of us. But yet, Brent was not alone. He had what he needed. He had a comfort. He had God, his rock, his fortress. We're reminded in a sudden loss like this, our own lives are frail. They're not always strong. Our bodies don't last, but in him, in the rock, we'll never be shaken. 
Jesus, who is fully God, is also referred to as our rock in Scripture. And we're told that if we build our life on that rock, Jesus, our weak and fragile lives can actually be firm and steady. Again, not in ourselves, not because of our own strength, but because of him, because of that rock, because of Jesus. That's why we sang, in Christ alone, my hope is found. This cornerstone, this solid ground, referring to Jesus. That's why we professed, he is my only comfort, body and soul, in life and in death, he's the answer. In our faith, and in the center of our faith, which is Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice and death on the cross, and in his resurrection three days later, there we find stability. Brent professed his faith in Jesus, and there he found a resting place. He found his comfort. And he had a comfort in standing on the solid rock. In the New Testament, many of the books are letters to churches. And in one of those letters, 1 Peter 2, verse 3, we read this. As you come to him, the living stone... You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. And so, those who build on the rock become little rocks, as it were. Living stones. And that's what Peter's name meant, the disciple who wrote that letter, Second Peter. He was Simon, but Jesus changed his name to Peter. And that means rock, little rock, we might say, compared to his Lord, a rock for Jesus. And with Jesus as our foundation, you can be the same, a rock, a little rock. I've often thought as I served alongside Brent, who was uh, the vice president in the leadership structure of our church. That means he was our lead elder. I've often thought of that exactly about Brent. Brent was a rock. It's the very first word that came to mind again as I started, like all of you, processing the shock of his death, and we're still processing that. Um, that was the, the first thing that really came to mind. Brent was a rock. Was he a rock in himself on his own? No. Was he perfect? Was he infallible? Was he uh, an almighty rock that could never break as great a guy as he was? No. Who he was came from standing on the rock. 
He made Jesus his foundation. And if you make Jesus your only foundation, you can have the same sturdy and lasting foundation for life and death that Brent had. You can be a living stone too, a rock, even when the winds howl around you. And that leads us to a second thought about this comfort that we need, a comfort that you can have today. Our comfort stimulates celebrating the rock. We heard a song. We're doing some singing today. Brent loved to sing. He sang in choir. He sang in our men's chorus as part of quartets. My wife, Sarah, mentioned how she missed Brent this past Sunday evening in worship because in his, you know, very unassuming way, he yet enthusiastically kind of led the singing in our section on Sunday nights, which is over on that side, sort of near the middle back. She missed his presence already, his singing. I did too. The song we're going to be singing together after the message is the one song he had memorized. And he would sit down to play it on the piano when he was ready for church, waiting for everyone else to get ready. And as you can imagine, he was always ready first. So the family heard um, Jesus, lover of my soul, quite a bit. Why do we sing? Why do we play music? Well, it's to celebrate. It's to praise. Because there's a song in our hearts. And Brent loved to sing because he loved his Savior, his comfort. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee, all the follies of sin I resign. That's why he played that music before church. He couldn't wait to celebrate his Savior with God's people in worship Sunday after Sunday. He loved Handel's Messiah, the family was saying. Well, what is that but a celebration of the work and person of Jesus Christ? From start to finish, it's a celebration of the rock. That celebration naturally happens when you make Jesus your foundation because you know all that He's done for you and how He's changed you and how He's continuing to change you. You can't help but celebrate him then and and what he's doing in your life. Jesus was in Brent's heart and that stimulated celebration. Not only in the singing and love for music, but in his personality. He was agreeable. He was kind. He was pleasant. Whenever I saw him, which was a decent amount of time, Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, before and after church too, before and after and during uh, council and elder meetings, at so many church events, happy, kind, gentle, patient, joyful. You know, we aren't all those things naturally on our own. 
on our own, we can be kind of miserable. We can be unkind. We can be selfish. We can be grumpy. All those things, and a lot of those that I read, are fruit of the Spirit. All, all of those characteristics that Brent had, that takes the Spirit of Jesus to make a guy that way. Brent had the Spirit of his Savior within his heart and life. That's why he was that way. God's comfort stimulated Brent, and it stimulates all believers to celebrating our Lord. And finally, another thought this morning, that comfort empowers us for living on the rock. Jesus empowers us for living. Brent didn't only stand there still and immobile on the rock. There was more than a song on his heart. There was more then praise on his lips in the church. Brent also lived the faith. He lived the comfort. In a behind-the-scenes way, in a quiet way, a way that drew no attention to himself, but yet it was crystal clear. It was without question. I heard that at Ozinga, Ozinga Bros, right, guys? Where Brent worked, they spent some time remembering Brent and giving thanks for him. And I guess one of the things that came up is that he often drove someone to the hospital during the day and waited for him during his appointment. But hardly anybody even knew about it. I think Linda barely knew about it. But Brent was helpful and served like that. I have a strong hunch he served and he helped quietly Because he wanted people to be pointed not to him. And he didn't want people to be thinking about how great he was. He didn't want to be celebrated. But he wanted people pointed to God and how great God is. Though Brent was a living stone a rock of sorts himself. He knew the answer to comfort in life was in the capital R, Rock, God. Christ Jesus. One of the things that I was always amazed at about Brent is that in the midst of giving leadership in the church and hearing, of course, as VP in that position in the church, I'm sure a variety of comments and opinions about things, it never seemed to affect him or upset him. He never seemed to get shaken. Am I right? You get that new one served alongside him? He, he, ha- he, he handled things. He never was a burden to us as pastors, never was a burden to me. No drama. The opposite of all that, in fact, he was an encouragement. And a support. He was faithful. He was steady. And then when you think about everything we've talked about, and you think, well, of course you can handle and take whatever comes if you're standing on the rock. This man was secure, God was his fortress, he couldn't be shaken. Having our comfort in the rock 
impacts our lives. It empowers us in such a way that everything we do is for others. It's for God's glory. And I don't, I don't know if you knew this, but Brent was detail-oriented. Just a little. He quietly pointed out misspellings on the screen or in the bulletin. Not to be a pain, never, but because I think for him, excellence, getting things right, and I'm sure this is what it was, it was part for him of giving glory to God as a church and as a man and as people. And I'm sure that was the case with his precision at his work too, at Ozinga. It was to give God glory there in his work. Speaking of the bulletin, uh, when Linda was scheduled for nursery, he quietly would highlight her name and, and set the bulletin on the table just to make sure she saw it. Though I'm sure Linda was on top of things. She's pretty steady and faithful herself. Living for Jesus down to the littlest detail, that's who Brent was as a living rock for God. He also know, knew, and you all and I too need to hear this as well this morning, he also knew how crucial it was that he was not living for Jesus just all by himself. Because trying to live for Jesus just by yourself usually doesn't work so well. He knew that, and so he made sure that he and his family were part of the community of faith in worship as much as he could be, often one of the last to leave because he connected with God's people. He was a friend, I think, to everybody in this church. I never heard anyone say a bad word about him. He took this all seriously because God designed us, and he knew this, God designed us to be built up along with other living stones. Brent knew intensely the importance of the family of God, and that's why he served in the church so readily, so diligently, so passionately, and did what he could to build up this church to be a beautiful and spiritual house for the Lord. All the living stones, God's house, God's people, will be perfectly built up and complete when Jesus returns. And before that time, in the Lord's mysterious providence, He calls some of his stones, his precious lambs, his children, uh, to be home with him. He, he does that in different ways, at different times, different ages. Although we weren't at all ready for Brent to leave us, because he was standing on the rock, celebrating the rock in his life, and living on the rock, he was ready to go whenever God was going to call him. We don't understand the timing. This is hard. 
with Bonnie's marriage to Logan coming up too, it's going to be a tough day, guys. Linda and Brent celebrated 30 years of marriage last year. Why not 40? Why not 50 like so many other couples? Or even 60? Come on, God. How, why not even 35? We have our questions. And we're not, we're not okay with this. But you know, we do know Brent is okay. That's putting it mildly. He's more than okay. He's with his Savior. The one he loved and lived for in this life is the one holding him and keeping him now. That's a certainty that we can stand on. God called home uh, Stan, Stanley Roloff's longtime faith choir director um, not that long ago, and, and so I'm just really pleased that Brent had a choir to slip into the moment he walked through Heaven's Gate on Friday. And I'm sure he's happily taking Stan's direction and singing his heart out as he did for so many years before. And, and to think of the song that must be coming from his heart now that sin is gone, the heartache for him, seeing Jesus perfectly unencumbered by sin and the veil of this life. Friends, let's not leave this place unless we're sure that we're going to be joining Brent in that heavenly choir when Jesus returns or calls us home. The invitation is for each one of us to live on the rock ourselves. In this life, where there sometimes seem to be continual problems, continual heartaches. Even in this life, you can have comfort and hope. Linda, and Bonnie, and Corey, and Brandon, Logan too, you belong to Jesus. Jesus is holding you fast. Carry on this legacy of steadiness and faithfulness in life, in the church. And I know you already are. Uh, Corey's able to serve as a deacon on council right now. Each of you know that going to the rock that is higher than us, you know, I know you know, that that's the way to go in life. That's the way to live your life. Each one of us, we can best... Honor Brent if you want to honor him. We can best remember him if you want to remember him. You can best give thanks for his presence in your life by being sure that you're standing on Jesus today. Let's be sure that security and strength of standing on the rock stimulates celebrating Jesus in our lives. And may the rock empower us to live for Him now and forever, down to every detail of our lives. And you know what, too? May among us God raise up leaders in His church, never to replace Brent. That would be impossible. But leaders who understand that being built up as living stones together as God's people in His church, 
That's the only way to live with that kind of community. It's the only answer. It's the only hope, the only comfort for all of us and for the whole world. Amen.